Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Wrestling Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. In the past several months, we've been going through the sermon series of Walking with the Father. In de- back in December, we looked at our identity as children of God, as God being our Father. And then this year, the, the purpose of this series was people go into this new year saying, I'm going to make a new year resolution, saying I'm going to start the new year with a change, right? Because they want to have a better year. They want to have a better life. They want to do something better. And with a new year resolutions, and I don't believe in that. I believe that if we seek the Lord's, the Father's will, if we know his will in our lives and we partner with him, there is the abundance of what he desires to release onto his children. And so if we just tap into his will, if we just know how to partner with him, I believe there is just fulfillment of his promises. And that is, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And he says, plans for shalom, plans to prosper you. And that prosperity, health, wholeness is all encompassed in that shalom that God has desired for his children. And then further on, Jesus says, I have come to give you life, life abundantly. And that is beyond expectation. That abundantly is immeasurable beyond what you thought you deserved. And so my purpose is not to say, hey, let's have a better life. Let's do something better. Our purpose is to tap into God's will in our lives. Just say yes to what he says. Yes to his promises. Yes to his life. Yes to whatever. And then let that transformation take place in our lives. And last week, to attain God's will, we said we need to partner with the Father. We need to partner with him. To partner with someone is to come into agreement. Because it is in agreement that there is power and that there is authority to move, to decide. to, uh, And to partner is to humble ourselves to go where our partner is leading us. And to do what he tells us to do, is to do his will. And so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. If we are going to talk about partnership with the Father, we recognize that there is blessings and favor. And there is fruit that is revealed in the walk that we walk and the talk that we talk. When we partner, there is fruit and that is revealed in our life, in our actions. And and people will be able to see your life and say, there is fruit. And it's revealed in your walk, in your talk. So we're going to talk about that tonight, okay, what that walk looks like. So if you have your phones, turn with me to Psalms 1, 1 through 3. I'll be reading from the NIV for you, Psalms 1, 1 through 3. And I'll have it for you for your convenience. The psalmist says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. 
and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. This is the word of the Lord. The book of Psalms shows the faith of believers. And if you know the book of Psalms from Psalmos, it, it, it's a translation from the Hebrew word that says it's a praise book. Okay? It's book of songs. And songs reveal the heart of the songwriters and the singers. Right? Just as we sing, it's not about the songs that we sing. It's about giving of our hearts. It's, it's in connection in our giving of our worship. It is heart book. Psalms is heart book. And some psalmists, some songwriters reveal their, uh, like, their pains, right? Their sufferings. And they praise God in that context. And some are just honoring God because he is so good. And, but it all, all songs reveal the heart of the worshiper. And the very first psalm of this book. It's a compilation of all these songs and all the hearts of the writers. But the first one says it's talking about blessedness and the walk. It says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. This person does not walk with bad people or stand with them or sit with them. Three verbs here. Three verbs. Walk, stand, sit. So I want you to notice that this psalm is not for some special anointed or anyone. This is anyone who walk, stand, or sit. And you guys are doing one of them. So this includes us. Okay? Easy. But it's not of what you do. It's who you do it with. These actions are not anything special. But this blessed person or blessed woman is anyone who walks, stands, or sits, but it's in the context of who you partner in doing. And whether you do or you don't, you experience the blessings or the curses. Who you partner with will determine whether you are blessed or those who are cursed. Blessed is the man. But that word can be translated, happiness is the man. <laughs> Did you know that your happiness can be determined by who you walk with? Who you partner with? Who you talk with? Did you know that if you replace your morning coffee with green tea, you can lose up to 80% of the joy that you have? <laughs> What you do does determine your happiness, but who you do it with is all the more effective of the happiness that you will. Because you, have you ever walked with somebody who just makes you miserable? Mm -hmm. Anyways, I'll leave that. <laughs> but the Bible is talking about walking. And blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, we're talking lifestyle choices here. One example, 2 Kings 8.27, in talking about King Ahaziah, he says in verse 27, he also walked in the way of, 
way of the house of Ahab and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Now that walk description is not about the pedestrian walk. It is about how he chose to live in his lifestyle, the choices that he made in the ways of the world, in ways of certain household, in the ways of certain culture. And when you walk in that culture of that lifestyle, there is reaping of the consequences and the fruit of that choice. You guys with me? And so that walk from the scripture is talking about, we recognize, it's a certain way that we live. And if you do not walk with God, but in the counsel of the wicked, you will reap what you sow. You will reap that choice that you make. If it's of the world, it is the consequence of the world. But if it's of God, then it's of God. So let me state something very obvious here. And we, we all know this, but let me just remind you. What we choose to do and who we partner with matters to your happiness, to the kind of life you will have. I remember, you know, especially when I was younger, I remember wondering, why am I living the way I'm living? Why is my life so hard? Why can't God give me a better deck of cards, the hands that I'm dealt with? Why can't I have been born, you know, in a more wealthy setting? And why doesn't the deals come as easily? Why do I have to fight so hard? And I wondered about that. Why can't it be easier? And then I realized, I wondered why my life was the way it was. All the while, I failed to recognize the lifestyle that I chose to be in. Because on the weekends, I was partying it up. The people I was hanging out with. I mean, I'm not saying that, that was my BC days, you know, <clears throat> before Christ. I justified my lifestyle saying, hey, I'm not hurting anyone. You guys heard about that? Hey, I'm not hurting anyone. This is just my lifestyle. But I was hurting someone. I was hurting my mother's heart. And I was hurting my father in heaven. Because he's like, son, I have a better plan for you. Why are you making it so much harder for yourself? Because you are not walking in, in my ways. You are walking in the ways of the world, and you are reaping the consequence of the world. And I'm like, I'm not hurting anyone, but this is my life. We reap what we sow. We reap the choices and the path that we choose to go. We have no one to blame but ourselves. The psalmist says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, meaning don't listen to the wicked people who do not lead you to righteousness but to unrighteousness. Do not walk with and go with them to do what they do because their lifestyle and their counsel will lead you astray. And don't stand with the sinners. It means don't stand with them. To stand with them is to agree with them. You guys know that? You know, when somebody important comes in, I stand to honor them. Sometimes standing is to come in agreement. You know, especially in the last couple of decades, I noticed what's going on in our country with the discontentment of the people, they are protesting. And I 
am so grateful that we're living in a country that we're allowed to protest in that freedom that is a freedom of expression, our First Amendment, right, right? So that's our right, and this is a beautiful country that allows, I'm not saying I agree with the protest that's happening, but the country allows us to voice. But here's what's happening when people do protest. Again, I'm not talking about what they're protesting, but they protest, and I'm grateful that they are. But when they do, they come and say, will you stand with me? Meaning, will you join me? Will you agree with me? That we convey our message and communicate. Those who stand is saying, this is what we believe. The psalmist says, don't stand with them. Don't stand with the wicked, the sinners. Don't come into agreement in your life with those people. Don't walk with the wicked and don't stand with the sinners and do not sit in the seat of mockers. Who are the mockers? Oh, you guys know who are the mockers. There are enough people in this world that likes to trash talk. It could be our friends. It could be people on the TV or the radio. There's a lot of something about on the news. When did news become trash talk? No, really. It's ridiculous. But the mockers are those who talk about others without caring about what they feel or caring about what happens to them. The mockers say what they say, whether it's true or not. They hurt others with their words. Do not sit with them. Because what they say and what they do, it just leads to destruction. On the contrary, the psalmist says, the psalmist said, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So there's a contrast here. There is this, don't do the bad stuff with these bad people, right? This action. But then on the contrary, the blessed is this person who avoids this group to do the good stuff. And it says he, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and, his, and on his law he meditates day and night. Uh, I confess, though, when I first read this, I'm thinking, hmm, is this text relevant for us? Because we who believe we're living in the New Testament and Jesus Christ who had fulfilled the law, right? Should we look at that and guess, hey, is this text relevant? But you have, look at the context. The context of this psalmist is not saying avoid the bad things and do the good things. That's not what he says. Blessed is a person who avoids these people, but then he meditates on the word of God. The law, the Torah, is the law of God. It's also the Bible. It's also the inspired word of God that was given as an instruction to God's own people to say, this is how you are to live. Not as a mandate. It, is, it was a mandate, but it was teaching them what holiness even looks like. Because to a group of slaves who for hundreds of years did not know any better, he was educating them what holiness looked like. And he gave the law, his inspired word for his children. And this blessed person, he meditates on the Lord in his words day and night. 
to know God's word is one, but to meditate it is another. How many of you guys have read through the Bible, not know what you're reading, but you're just reading through? Or how many times have you guys read just one verse and meditated on it all day and all night and wrestled with God? Say, God, this is too hard. That one sentence is just too hard. God, how do I live that in my life? That's meditation. That's wrestling with God. That's partnering with God's words. You know, too many people believe that church is a once a week thing. It happens on Sunday. It's God's day on Sunday. Well, actually, it's God's power hour on Sunday. But then all the other times, it's my time. You guys know? People do. I've had many conversations with people. Monday through Friday, it's, it's work day. Friday and Saturday is my time. And any time in between and all of that. God's time, Sunday. We compartmentalize sections and say, God, you have this, but this is mine. That's not partnership. That's giving a token to God. That's not partnership. The question is, for people who do that, are you allowed to, is God allowed to help you in your time? Right? I mean, think about it. If God's time is on Sunday, is he allowed to help you on your Friday? Because it's your time. That's what it's supposed to be. But the fallacy of our minds and the people and the culture in this world says Sunday is God's time, all the other time is my time, and I'll do whatever I want. And that's not partnership. But blessed is the man who partners with God, not once a week, but continuously, because in verse 3 it says this, he is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. So look at this blessed man, blessed woman. It's, a, it's like a tree planted by the streams of the living water. Planted, deeply rooted by where the streams of life flow. Provides nourishment for life. Bears fruit for the living. In and out of season, there is fruit. There is evidence. And whatever he does, prospers. And the description of this blessed person is that he does not separate his personal life to his God life. There's no separation. Because he is rooted. There is no public life and private life. There is no separations of the days. It is oneness with God. In actions, where he talks, where he walks, he, in his thoughts, he meditates. He is rooted and grounded where the Lord's spirit flows. And it's in partnering with God. You know, there's some toys. There was a toy that was hidden back there, Casey. Back there in the, in the chair. It might be looking for that. Okay. And Jesus says something very similar in John 15. Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. 
NIV translates as if you remain in me and my words remain in you. There is passion, passion translation says to remain in life union relationship. It is about this oneness that cannot be separated. It is about being a vine. If you are cut off, that means you are destroyed. You are alive. There is no stream. There's separation means death. And no translation says you can visit Jesus once a week. No translation says you can come to the stream and dip your toes occasionally when you feel like it. The imagery here is that the blessed person is rooted by the streams of the living water. Big difference between rooted, planted, versus dipping your toes in. Blessed is the one who walks not with the wicked, but with God. He meditates on his words day and night. Lives a life union relationship and recognize that there is partnership with a father as to the vine to be in, to remain in, to abide in. Because when you are apart, you can do nothing. To be apart is to wither and die. To be apart is to do it on your own that leads to destruction. You must be rooted with him to access the life that he has for you. You know, a lot of people here in Florida, and I, I think we're living in a paradise. So of all the places in this country, I am so grateful to be here. And some people, you know, when I say, hey, I, I live in Florida, like, oh, it's too hot down there. It's so hot. I don't like hot. I learned that it doesn't bother me that much because there is AC most everywhere. <laughs> they got the most number of AC technicians so that they don't break down or to bring it back up than anywhere I've ever seen. Seriously. More advertisements for AC technicians than any place I've ever seen. So the heat doesn't bother me that much. My house has AC, my car has AC, my church has AC, and most every place that I go to for a business has AC. So the heat doesn't bother me too much because even though there is heat, thank you, AC. Yeah. So even though there is heat in Florida, even though that the sun is hot, we pass through the heat from one AC to another. That's what we do. Because when you stand under the sun, you cannot help but feel the impact of that power of the sun here in Florida. And what people want to do with the S-U-N, we want to do with the S-O-N. We want to pass through as opposed to stand under the power of the S-O-N, don't we? Because if you stand under the S-O-N for a time, you cannot help but feel the heat from the S-O-N. You cannot help but sweat from the power of the, 
who he is, of his radiance, his power, his fire. You cannot help but sweat his words in your life. Start sweating his transformation in your life. Start sweating his favor in your life when you are under the S-O-N and his power and his influence. But the problem with the church is that too many of us want to pass through because we can't handle the fire. But fire lady, don't you know, if you're under the fire, you are changed. Because Jesus has a way of rubbing off on you when you walk with him. The S-O-N, you walk with him. You partner with him. And when you partner with him, his power will make you sweat. It will show in your walk. It will show in your talk. It will show in your favor, in your business, in your, in your family, how you father, how you lead others, how you lead your small group, how you lead the church. When you are under the S-O-N, I promise you, you will change. So it's not enough for us to say we are believers or that we are Christians. If you want to experience the victory in your life, the blessings and the favor, you got to walk with him. you got to walk with a son. you got to partner with him. Even if that fire makes you sweat. And that's a good thing. I'm going to invite the prayer team up. And I'm going to challenge you. Because some of you guys are compartmentalizing your faith and your walk. You're giving Jesus one day a week. Or you're giving Jesus maybe two or three times a week. But it's not all of your heart. We're talking about partnership, abiding to remain in, in a union relationship with God himself. He invites you. I was reminded of a, there was a time in my life I didn't know what that partnership and union with God looked like. I remember I had my dreams and I had my ambitions. I had my thing that was very important to me. And while I was praying, God was saying, give it to me. And I was like, no. God, you have all my life, but this is mine. You get everything, everything I have, my dreams, hopes, this little thing, that was mine. And it, it was superficial, but you guys all have your dreams, what's important to you. For me, um, it, it's evident in like a house. And God showed me a vision. It's a son, do you see this? And on his palm was this beautiful home. Beautiful, big white picket fence. I don't know if I ever wanted a white picket fence, but he showed me a white picket fence that was a beautiful home. I said, son, this is, this is your dream. This is what you say you want to keep. But son, I want to give you this. And it was bigger and better, far more majestic than this. But all the while, this was mine. <laughs> that was my treasure in my heart. I said, God, I can't give you that. 
wow. After 25 years, that still breaks my heart. I had the hardest time letting go, even in my prayer with him. He's like, son, don't you see what I want to give you? All I can say was, it was a time that I really wrestled with God to trust that what he wanted to give was far better than what I wanted to make for myself. And that was the best thing that I ever did. Because when I gave him my 100% and let him be truly my Lord and my God, not, not just my Savior, but truly my partner to remain in oneness with God, he changed my life. And if you have never tasted that union with God, then you don't know what I'm talking about because you're, you may be still holding on to something in your heart that says, this is mine, God. You can have everything else except that one little thing. And I'm challenging you. That one little thing might be keeping you from the fullness of what God has in store for you. We do things on our own. We walk the walk to make our life good for our family, for my friend, or, or of our own situation of what is comfortable for us, for you, for me, whatever it is. You do your thing. Nothing wrong with that. But if you trust God, our Father, who says, you are my child, don't you think I care about you and your situation? Don't you think I, if you give me this, I'll give you something better? And that's our relationship. That's our partnership. We're still trying to be the Lord over our own life, and that's our problem. I want to, the, the prayer team, for some of you, may need to pray for you because you've been wrestling with this on your own for way too long. Maybe for a short period, I don't know. But if you haven't given God the freedom to lead you in everything, whether it's your business, whether it's your family, whether it's your personal relationship, give it to him. He never failed me. Like I said, he gave me a princess when I asked. Got a testimony, guys. God is good. I'm saying God wants to bless you. That's all I'm saying. Trust him, he'll bless you. Welcome to come anytime. But I welcome you guys all to stand right now. Just open your hands up and with your palms up to say, Lord, here am I. Here am I. Father, I lift up to you my brothers and sisters here. Teach us how to partner with you. Teach us how to give you what we have, and what we have to offer isn't even much. You are the king. You are the most majestic. You are the most wealthy. You are unlimited resources, unlimited power. You don't need anything that we have. Even if we give you our everything, it, it's, it's a drop in the bucket to what you have. But you will honor those who give you their hearts. You will honor the small sacrifices and those offerings that we give and say, Lord, it's not much, but I give you my two pennies. 
two copper coins. It's not much, but it's my everything. Do what you will. And let God be your Father, be your Lord, and say, call you my blessed. And you will know what that means. You are my blessed son. You are my blessed daughter. You are mine. Come unto me, all who are weary. Come, and I will give you rest. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. May you say yes to him. And he will lead you all the days of your life. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Blessing Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.